Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, this is Gift Gift Time at Bailu. Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby, where we talk to rugby people and people that can also help in developing the opportunity and network that rugby has to provide. I hope you guys are having another good week. I hope it's been a great weekend for you. I know it's really tough because we're about to go into like real kind of quarantine uh, with this coronavirus. I mean, everybody's talking about it. So many confusions, so many things. But just note that it's not as bad as the situation isn't as bad as you think and it's not as great as you want it to be. It's just something that we're going to have to deal with for a little bit of time. But hey, you know, that's kind of how it goes with anything else. You just kind of deal until you figure out what is the the full solution and you know god willing the solution is going to end up coming a lot faster than what they're trying to predict it to be because i don't know if my body can handle two months of being in some variation of a lockdown um even if it's not like i mean here in louisiana it's really loose like it's basically you can't do any real leisure activities in terms of like destinations like bars and movie theaters and salons and barbershops and whatnot are closed. But, you know, you can still walk outside, get groceries, don't gather around too many people at one time. But it doesn't sound like they're going to stop you from going to another person's place or location or to see something. So uh, it's, I mean, like I said, it's it's not as bad as we want it to. It's not as bad as it could be, but it's not as great as we want it to be. So We'll get there. But in the meantime, hopefully you guys can kind of enjoy what we have to offer. And today's guest is definitely one of my favorites. Um, if you watch USA Rugby, particularly USA Women's Rugby, you know who this is. The great Nia Tapper is going to be our guest for today. She was awesome. Really hilarious. Um, really fun to be able to talk to. She gave a lot of jewels. Like, if you're not kind of picking up on some of the things that she's doing I don't know how much more obvious you could have it, uh, even if it's slamming you right in the face. So, uh, But she gave us a lot. She gave a lot, um, and it's really nice to see where her path is going. You know, many have probably heard her story, but, you know, sometimes it's nice to get a different perspective on it. So uh, I hope you guys really do like this. Like, enjoy. Like, you have nothing else to do. You know, take some take some stuff in and then, you know, go visit the stuff that she has. Like, she'll, all her websites and stuff like that. Naya on fire! You'll get it. You'll, you'll, you'll get it in the podcast. But uh, while you guys are at it, before you start kicking in, yo, please take the time to like Gift Time Rugby on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, I think that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the ones primarily... Um, and you know, if you guys like to see things that are a little bit more culturally specific, you guys can go look at HBCU Rugby Classic, uh, and look at the HBCU Rugby Classic on IG, Facebook, HBCU Rugby on, um, Twitter. So it, it's all fun. Enjoy yourselves. And, uh, without further ado, Maya Tapper. What's up, everybody? I'm happy to have a great guest, one of the VIP guests. They're all VIP guests, but it's another <laughs> VIP guest. The USA Rugby Women's Elite, the winger, the 
Olympian, Naya Tapper. Naya, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Also, just so you know, I'm not an Olympian yet. I haven't been yet. Okay, all right, all right. Don't want a false claim. <laughs> Look, man, that's clout chase, all right? I know, right? <laughs> we'll worry about the caps later. No, no. Yeah. Oh, future Olympian barring coronavirus intake. <laughs> Hopefully not. Oh, no, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know... It it was it was I gotta say it was really great getting to talk to you a little bit at LA Sevens. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, like it was. So obviously we've been friends on Facebook for a little for a little bit. So that that was yeah. our you knew that. And then it was funny because I remember way back when you were in college, uh, one of my guys interviewed you too. Uh, my guy Ryan Flynn. This was way back, maybe like 2014, 2015. And yeah. he did it for one of our player spotlight articles. Uh, you know, before I remember that. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yo, you gonna say like, yo, it's it's crazy how much time passes by, but like it, it feels like it was yesterday, and then at the same time, it's like, yo, it was like that was like a while ago. Well, yeah, it was a long but, time. But for you, you know, just you know, as you as you're entering into the Olympic year, you you built this notoriety and you know we'll delve into it but where 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 are you at in this moment like where are you at from a mental uh you know physical uh emotional standpoint as it's been through this journey of rugby that you've been on uh these last several years um i think for me it's just been kind of a growth mindset and going up and down with that of hitting a plateau sometimes of getting complacent and then having to get a kick in the butt of, okay, you have to keep going up. You have to keep getting better. Like this is not where your potential ends. So I think that's kind of been the journey for me is just always trying to find ways to get better, whether that's um, physically with different skills or mentally with just trying to find ways to push myself or to find people to hold me accountable, to push myself like my um, coaches and my teammates. Um, so that's kind of how it's been for me. Um, I started at a pretty low level coming into the professional realm of rugby and have had to build myself from there um, physically, just who I am as a rugby athlete. And then um, my brand as well of making the, the decision of, okay, I've made my mark in this sport. Where do I go from here to make sure that after the sport, I can still contribute to it and have a name in it without having to be on the field? You know, like, I, to be honest, it's great to be able to get into that point. Oh, my goodness. This cat does not want to be annoyed. All right. <laughs> so I got these two cats, one that's chill, this other one that's, like, addicted to being touched. And so she's trying to force her way in. It's, it's very wrong. It's very wrong. But... <laughs> But no, I wanted to actually really get into, especially when it comes to the brand, because we've heard the story, and I'll get a little bit of background, obviously, for those who don't know, because we're talking with, hopefully, with a bit of an audience that has maybe not as much rugby knowledge as as we do. But when it yeah. comes to brand, for me, I have always been a massive advocate. I've always said it out loud and a little bit here in bits and pieces in in, in written form. But I've always been a big advocate of rugby players, especially in the U.S., utilizing a, a personal brand off of the platform of this international one. 
And it, it's always interesting because within the rugby community, it's it's known. And everybody kind of has a little bit of a bubble figure where it's like, oh, you're known in here, so you must be known everywhere. You're yeah. known in the world. But the reality is it's, it's not always that. But mm-hmm. one thing I really appreciated when you were doing it especially was – how you would use your how you use your social media and Instagram, and then subsequently when you actually really started like, you know, flexing brands a lot more because it now made it more of like the development of a star, something that I've always believed rugby needs and annoyingly seems to like have this humble concept that it doesn't. So for you, like, what was what was the motivation setup that was like, okay, I want to start leading into this personal brand mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you, the first reason I started was like, okay, I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? So that was kind of like, okay, how can I build financial stability while I'm playing rugby and after um, legacy wise, just for my family and my friends and myself to be financially stable so that I have something when I'm not getting that rugby salary from playing. Um, And then after a while, just getting into the sport and realizing the effect that had on people um, and how much support I was getting from people that I didn't know that had never met me before and was just going off of who they saw me on social media as. Um, So with social media, it was just really important for me to um, show my authentic self and express who I was on a day-to-day basis, not just on the field or what... um, articles and different podcasts were broadcasting about me um, and just noticing how many people were attracted to how authentic and humorous and real I was. It was just motivation to give back to them. So like I started doing giveaways because I do, I've received so much from rugby just from the sport and the people in general. So I was like, okay, what's a way that I can give back? Social media is perfect for that where you can reach so many people around the world that you couldn't do in person. So just doing giveaways and trying to give back to people after receiving all these things that I can't use, so why not give it to somebody who can use it and who would appreciate it a lot more than I could in that moment. Um, So the giveaways are really important for me. And then um, just with Instagram, I kind of pushed over to YouTube because um, I've always been a very open and loud and funny and humorous person. So I just wanted to express that in a longer form versus like a one minute video on Instagram. I could do it in like eight minutes on YouTube. And um, one of the things I did on YouTube is just like ad videos, which I thought were fun because everybody always talks about their summer body and things like that. So I thought that would be something that was attractive um, to my audience. So that was something that I started that I got a lot of good attention for. And then um, along with that, I started doing the hot seat with Nyan Faya because I wanted the world to not only know who I was, but also who my teammates were off the field. Um, A lot of them may not have the want to be quote unquote famous or like known around the world. So sorry. So um, I took the initiative to introduce them to the world and show them who they are off the field. So that was something fun. Um, that I started. So just kind of building a legacy for myself, a name for myself and a way for people to be attracted to me. There's so many rugby players, but there's not many nigh on fires, things like that. Something that makes you stand out and um, just shows that you care 
that was something that was really important for me after a while. So just like financial stability and giving back to the rugby community and just getting more outreach to the people who don't know what the sport is, don't know who I am and a lot of the other amazing players that I get to play against and with. No, and I'm a big, like, you have no, it's something that I try and keep preaching and it even works to what I try and do even with my channel because of the fact that personalities, especially in the U.S., is a driver. Like, people need to have a reason to come see everything and and so much always goes back to watch the game and then you'll like it and it's like, no, people don't really work that way. There's like, we like the person, let me go see what it is that they're doing on that. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. So, so kind of backtracking so we get a little bit more on the person. So for you, you know, you've told the story a bunch, but you know what? Again, we're going to go through it again. We play it like a Batman, a Batman origin stories. <laughs> um, uh, you know, what was, how did you get started with rugby? What, what was your, what was your process into it? Yeah. Um, so I didn't know what rugby was until high school. They had it at my high school, but I was running track and field, so I didn't have the opportunity I didn't take the opportunity to play then. Um, We had a math teacher who was a white male and he was working at a predominantly minority black Hispanic school. So it was weird in general for rugby to be at that school with just how rugby was looked at in the past of it being a majority European sport. Um, So um, I grew up playing football. So when I learned that it was at the high school, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. It'd be something I'd be interested in, but because I was so dedicated to track and field in that moment and because of the stereotype of rugby being such an injury sport, my coach didn't think it was a good idea. So um, I didn't start playing until I got to UNC Chapel Hill in college. I went there for academics. um, So I kind of missed the sport aspect. So I decided to join the club rugby team that we had at UNC. Um, I played for them for the whole four years, but my first two months playing, um, just being athletically skilled in speed, it put me above a lot of the other players in terms of I didn't really need to know the skills then. So um, just in that aspect, I was invited to a rugby camp in California. And um, specifically for speed, uh, even when I went to that camp, it was like, okay, how fast is she? Um, we'll teach her everything else. But because I had just started school, um, I just wanted to focus on finishing that. My plan was never to be a professional rugby athlete. It was just something to keep me active, something to gain a friend group. Um, So playing for those four years was amazing. College was great. But eventually, as I continued to get better in the sport and see the different things that rugby could get me into, I was invited to another camp again my last year of college. So I went to that camp, was offered a contract, and decided to take it. So um, I had to miss my last year of college, uh, my last semester of college on campus, but I finished it online while um, living in Chula Vista, training at the center. Um, So I was there for four months under um, a great coach. Julie, and after being with her, we got a new coach, Richie. Um, worked with him for a little bit, but he um, he noticed the flaws in that I was kind of a one-trick pony. I was only fast, didn't really have the skills to be up there with those other girls who had worked so hard to get there, being a whole player. 
So um, he let me go and, um, but didn't let me go in terms of like, this isn't the sport for you, but this could be the sport for you, but I need you to work on these things. So I'm going to put you in this developmental environment to get better as a player so that when you come back, you're up to par with the other girls and that you're contributing rather than hindering. Um, so for about four months, I worked on my passing and different uh, other different skills for rugby, and he brought me back, and then it's kind of been uphill from there. Yo, I love it. And, and you know what? A, a lot of that, uh, uh, you, you, you can tell, obvious within the journey, there was, you can feel the ups and downs, even, even yeah. the way speed, like you can feel the ups and downs, but that's yeah. kind of part of the, the process of getting to a point, and especially the surprise of it. I remember... Obviously, you know, we talked whenever you were at UNC and, you know, I was starting to cover the South around that same time. This was 2014, 2015 mm -hmm. is whenever you kind of were kicking into that, right? About that time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I remember just hearing, like, oh, man, there's this, there's this chick, Nia Capper, and she's just like a beast, and she's going <laughs> through. And it was like, oh, cool. All right, yeah, let's go. Um, and then the next thing you hear is like, oh, Naya's with USA Rugby Women. It's like, oh, shoot. Yo, that's dope. Recognize yourself. <laughs> ha, 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 you know? <laughs> and then it was like, Naya disappeared. And it's like, yo. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, yo, wait. What just happened? And yeah. then appeared again. It was like, ah, ha, 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 herself recognized again. So it was, it was really interesting, even from the outside perspective, just kind of what what was going flow and going in tow with that but yeah. it, it seems to be obviously when it comes to people who are athletically gifted and look obviously i i doing hbcu rugby classic and and look we as even as black rugby players and i know black jamaican puerto rican for you as well mm -hmm. so within that element there's always there can be a um a bit of a condensing expectation uh when it comes to athleticism and as long as it's within that it's like Yo, we just just play that. You'll you'll do all the domination from there, but it it, it it takes away a little bit of that respect for the sport itself, and then Absolutely. at the same time, a little bit off of the player because it's like, yo, you don't need to learn, and it's like, nah, I kind of do need to learn the rest of this. So yeah. it's it's dope that you had that for you, like going through this four months, uh, where you were really going through the developmental squad. Like, what was that situation like? for you because you now you got to see the top of the mountain per se and mm -hmm. then it's just like yo we're gonna kick you out from underneath your legs and I at least assume it then it's like yo yeah. we're gonna, you're gonna go back like what was that like a moment those moments for you like um obviously it was humbling like I said just growing up in sports in general I never really had to try hard it just came naturally so to get to a new sport and have been doing really well in it through college and then to get to a higher level and they say you're not really that good <laughs> then it's kind of like a smack in the face but it's like also an eye-opener so I think that was just um, a really good mountain that I needed to climb and it made me a, the player I am today um, it showed me adversity and it prepared me for the things that I had to deal with up to now and the things that I'm going to have to deal with in the future, whether in sport or just in life in general. But um, it was good because I wasn't by myself. There were other girls there too as well who were get, getting better. So it was motiva motivating. It wasn't lonely. The coaches were amazing. And I got better really fast. Um, one of the coaches who taught me how to pass is our current coach now. So it's like, it's like a circle. Right. So like eventually it's like, okay, now that I'm here now, like 
I understand why everything happened. It all makes sense now. So now just going forward, it's like everything happens for a reason. Hindsight becomes 2020 in that sense. And I, that, that's a hundred percent. So, you know, so you have this, you've had this sporting background. You go to a great school as much as I might, you know, want to hate on UNC (laughs) because you guys talk a lot. This basketball thing is, is, it's getting a little much for me now. But, um, no, you know, you guys, you guys have, you have a great academics, you have a great background, but in all in all, like, where's the personality, you know, has that just always been a component? Was it something that is like, you were like, you know what, as I'm getting older, I kind of want to interact with people more and let me just show my personality more. Or is it like, this is what I was from the moment that I came out the womb and we're just giving myself more and more platforms to be able to take advantage of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was definitely how it was from out the, the wound. If you meet my mom, she's I'm exactly like her. If you meet any of my siblings or family members, they'll tell you I was the annoying one. I was the loud one. I was the one, just the active one. I just had a lot of energy. And um, I think just coming into a new environment, a, pro- a professional environment at that, you kind of get closed off a little bit. You don't want to express yourself too much and just seem like too much, like, in that moment, it's like, okay, rugby, rugby, rugby. And you kind of forget to just chill and have fun and be yourself. You're around new girls and it's competitive. So it's hard to get comfortable and be yourself. So just um, earning my spot on the team and getting comfortable with the girls that I'm around and feeling like I can be myself around them. I think that allowed me to be like, okay, now I can show social media. Like my friends back home, my family, like they know who I am, but like I said, you get into that competitive environment, it's a little intimidating and you you feel like you can't be expressful. But as I got comfortable with the girls, now I can be. So now that's kind of something that I push on the new girls that are coming in is I try to be myself around them so that they feel like they can be themselves around us. Yeah, man, it sets it up for the leader. It sets it up as a leader within it and especially gives them a much better standard to be able to work off of because, again, you, you even... The more that you're even ex- able to express yourself in the right way in person, it's going to play out on the field. And I think bonding plays yeah. so much. Absolutely. Like, so, like, to be able to see this. So, I, like I said, I, I'd always been a big advocate. And it was one of the, my favorite things uh, about you uh, on social media as well, because it was just like, yo, she's swagging out. Like, bring that <laughs> full swag. All right, let's go. But then I, whenever I found out you were Jamaican and Puerto Rican, I was like, okay, this is just a like, yeah. <laughs> this, this super mix right here. <laughs> the only thing I was just waiting to see was just like this little bit of Nigerian to come in, and I'd be like, it came full circle. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, for you, obviously, you've, you, 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 the, the, the burst of personality comes out, but it's, it's interesting how it's used. You bring it in fashion-wise. You bring it in athletically. You bring it in skit-wise. So for you, like, what's the what's the thought process whenever you're going through these moments of expression? Like, what what's the fashion style set up, and and you know what you're you're going on because it really has creates a normalization of, yeah. of it for I think the social media wise, and which is good because feels much more approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just 
confidence for me. Like, I think that I look good in honestly everything that I put on. I think that everything that comes out my mouth is funny, whether people agree or not. So that's kind of how I go about what I post. I don't really, I mean, there is really not a thought process. It's just what comes out is what it is for me. Um, everybody knows I'm pretty blunt. And if you ever want to hear an honest opinion, you come to Naya because she's going to tell you the truth. Um, and just in general with fashion, like I just kind of go off like what my friends think is hot or like what's hot in the fashion community and just like whatever I put on it, whatever, if it makes me feel good, then that's what I'm going to wear. And like I said, just the confidence of if I think it looks good, I'm going to wear it and I'm going to post it. And confidence is so much more fashionable than anything that you put on. So I think that's mainly it for me is that I think that everything I do and say and just everything I do and say is great. So if you have that type of confidence, nothing can, everybody's going to be attracted to that because that's what everybody wants is that confidence, um, a high self-esteem. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I love it. it and I always will say it because it really is admirable. You know, let's taking it into an even serious. I think whenever it comes with um, whenever you see a prominent black woman who is athletic and is showing all the sides, it's, it's about range so that people can see all everything that they they can present. And it's OK. And it's not contracted. I think that's that's it's in, it's important. It goes longer than just obviously just what happens on you, but how you project it is just yeah. like, yo, we can be real across the board. Mm. So I, that, it, uh, I always give credit on that one. One of the funniest mm -hmm. things that I like seeing with that on social media, though, is you and Carlin. Like, uh, even <laughs> if, like, this, this sibling-style relationship <laughs> is probably one of the funniest things. But, you know, listening to your story, like, I, I sense a lot of similarities into the way both of you guys entered into the league. So tell us, like, how did... How did that relationship kind of come to being and, and where has it become to this point? Yeah. Um, for Carlin, I knew about him um, at the end of my college year. And when I came out there, he kind of, everybody kind of knew who Carlin was. He went viral for being the fastest man in rugby. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. So then when I got to the center, he had a stigma where people thought that he was uptight, cocky, um, strong-minded, just not a very open person that you could go to, go walk up to and say, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, interesting. So I took the initiative to figure out who he really was. And he turned out to be the complete opposite. Like he's so caring, so funny. He knows how to have a great time. He's, I think we meshed immediately and so well because of the similarities that we have just in personality where one thing I admire, I admire about him that he has more than me is his confidence like like I said he for myself he whatever he puts on he thinks he's the best dressed even if he's not and I try to tell him he thinks he's an amazing singer he honestly thinks that he can do anything in the world and that he can do it at the highest level and to have that type of confidence is admirable and that's somebody that you want to be around um and also he just likes to have a good time and he's funny and he's authentic as well and um 
I think there's a lot of misconception behind him. And I think that he has, he gives so much and it's not seen enough how much he gives to the sport, to the people and to just his friends and family. He's such a caring person. So we clicked automatically. We hang out all the time. We always have a good time. I think that's why we like being around each other so much is that after those hard rugby training days when you don't really want to talk to somebody and you can just call up Carlin and hang out and watch movies and not even have to talk to each other, but just being around each other is just a good vibe. And everybody wants to have good people around him and he's definitely good people. So best friend, <laughs> love him. <laughs> he's amazing. <laughs> oh, and, and that's, that's really good because again, you know, it, it, it does get tough. I know on those days between you travel, you're working, you're, you know, you're doing pressers, you're trying to take care of personal life, you're trying to take care of family, like all of it can be very all-encompassing and very draining. So to be able yeah. to have people that you can relate to has to mean, has to, it helps, has to help so much within that. But, yeah. you know, I, how does that even affect the way that you train and stuff like that? Because we see his videos, this dude just training and training. <laughs> He's out here trying to I know. We're just like, bro, do we really need to do this to get fast? And he's like, no, I can't even get that fast doing this. But, yeah, thanks for, you know, showing me what I will not be doing. <laughs> but, yeah. no, but, like, for you, like, the, all that that he's doing, like, how does, does it impact the way that you train and prepare? Or is it something that is just, like, you just, like, uh, watch and you're like, yo, good job, Carlin. I'm going to go somewhere else with this. <laughs> yeah. I think majority of the time it is like, okay, like you're always doing something like you need to sit down and relax, give your body a rest. You always complain and you're tired, but you're always on go. But it's so admirable because he's so dedicated to it and he's so disciplined in certain aspects of the sport. <clears throat> and that's admirable. It's inspiring. And on the days where I don't feel like doing anything, he's, you see him up at 5 a.m. in the morning doing sprint drills, just consistently, constantly trying to get better. He's the fastest man in the world, and he's still trying to get faster. Like, you don't really see anybody else doing that. And I just think it's amazing. Most of the days I'm like, great job, Carlin. You do what you got to do, and I'll go sit over here and take a nap. But other days, like, we do have those real conversations of Naya, like, you need to work on these skills or you need to get better at this. Like, you're good at this, but you could be better, and here's how. And I know, like, if there's ever anything I need, to get better at he'll tell me or if there's ever if i ever need a reality check he'll be the one to tell me and likewise me for him as well that's and that's that's good keep you guys and keep yourselves in check in a lot of yeah. ways yeah yeah so you know one thing I, I i really do enjoy talking to people about when it comes to rugby is the fact that people the opportunity that comes from it, especially when it comes to travel all yeah. right now um you know, I you have a, a military background, so mobility is within your your scope. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, whenever you started playing rugby, the extent that you have traveled, did you expect in such a short time to literally hit all corners of the world? Uh, in, in in that time, like, what has that been like for you? Um, it's definitely been eye opening. Um, I've been immersed in so many different cultures in a small amount of time so I kind of have created this mentality of no judgment zone because after being in all those different places where you have this stereotype of what it's supposed to be like and then you get there and it's something completely different it's like okay now anytime I'm going into a situation I'm going to have an open mind because you never know until you're in that situation what it will be like 
Um, I think it's just been fun for myself and then for my family and friends to see all the cool places I've been going and then for them to be like, oh, like, maybe I want to go out the country and go to these places or let's go on vacation and go somewhere new. Like, now my idea of vacation is somewhere out of the country versus somewhere in the States. And um, just back home with my family and friends, their mindset wasn't always the case with that. A lot of them haven't been out the country. So now just to see me traveling the world, it's a little less scary for them. So I think that's been the most, the biggest effect that I've had is just the people back home who haven't been able to be exposed to that type of environment, culture, and that type of travel just to see that they can also go to those places too. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I remember like, so I, I started being able to go out like I, it, Asia was my is my kicker off for like playing rugby overseas. So mm -hmm. I've done this over the course of the last since 2016. And so I remember one place that I thought was was not was not going to be like that. I went to Vietnam. Right. And literally prior to to going I'd always had this thought. I was like, man, Vietnam must still be, like, mad war-torn. Yeah. Like, yo, I watched Rambo. I mean, I know that was Burma, but, like, Burma's, like, right next to Vietnam. So it must be, like, jungle, you know, bombs still everywhere. Like, people living, but, you know, you, you live within your struggles, you know? Yeah. And then you go out there, and you're like, yo, this place is, like, it was really quiet. I was like, yeah. it was really dope. The one thing I will say... As is is especially when it came to Southeast Asia, like Southeast Asia was for me one of the safest places I've ever been. Could never live there as a result of that. I I require a little bit of danger in my life. I feel like <laughs> I was gonna get soft with like not having that right. <laughs> it was just like you go out, you're like yo, they're so nice. Everyone's yeah. so nice. So, like, whenever you talk about, like, that open-mindedness, not, it wasn't even, like, I expected bad things because, you know, I've, I've traveled before, but it's, like, what you're shown is so inaccurate to what Absolutely. is out there. It Absolutely. wild how inaccurate it is, you know. Um, and so it was, it's, it's, it's interesting to be able to say it. I'm glad there's more confirmation bias. So, you know, people understand. Leave the country every once in a while. Flex that passport. <laughs> <laughs> get a passport yes! oh people underestimate yo this u.s passport man it'll get you into a lot of places without getting this visa yo take advantage yeah absolutely um you know so you you have the chance to be able to travel you've you've now gotten this encompassed i'm gonna come back to the brand situation again because mm -hmm. this is where we we go into you people have an outside look of how how athletes uh, uh, work within the within the scope. So it's there's the assumption of man. Once you've gotten to this level, man, you've made it. Like how could you not have? You got blah blah blah. You got all the views. People see you, which means they must be showering with you with money and sponsorships and blah blah. blah. <laughs> and you know, as the athlete, there's a reality that comes into it. Uh, for you, you know, what has been the process of working to get to this goal of establishing the legacy? You obviously talk about Instagram and uh, YouTube, but, like, what has it been in totality uh, for you? Uncover, uncover the sheets, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. 
Um, I think just the word legacy in general for me is the impact you leave on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, financial stability, and then I guess the impact you leave on what you're doing. So like the rugby community. Um, financially, it's been an upwards mountain, which is great. Um, the better of a player you become, the more you get paid. The better of a team you become, the more bonuses you get. Um, the more attractive you are as a player in person, the more sponsors you get, the more money you get. It all comes down to that, basically. Right. Um, <laughs> and then just how... That's basically how it's been for me. Of Okay, how do I keep getting better as a player to get my contract increased? How do I make myself better as a player to make the team better so that we get more bonuses and then how do i make myself more attractive how do i create this brand to where sponsors will say we want to work with this girl we want to work with rugby and not even we just want to work with nye but we want to work with all her teammates as well so not only opening the door for myself but also the the rugby girls that i'm with now and the girls in, in the future coming up and also just showing love to the girls who maybe didn't have that opportunity who started all this stuff before I got here to allow me to be able to do what I'm doing now. Um, also, just like, sorry, I lost my thought. All the rugby girls that you've been, uh, that have set the pathway and doing what you're doing now. Yeah, with building the brand part and then with also giving back to the community, I think that has a big impact of how you affect others and how you make them feel. So just trying to use social media in that sense of, messaging back people when they dm me i think that's been a big response of oh my god i can't believe you messaged me back and it's like of course like i'm just naya like i'm not lebron or anything so it's kind of just trying to realize that in the rugby world maybe you are that serena williams or that lebron or things like that and just trying to use that to your advantage and not um take it to the head too much um so just finding that financial stability being able to build my brand to leave an effect on the sport um, and hopefully getting into the Hall of Fame and just knowing that when I'm gone, my name will still forever be in the rugby community as somebody who did some form of accomplishment. Um, And that's just trying to get better every day in training to make sure that I can become the all-time try scorer of USA Rugby and have that standards so high that it lasts for a while before I get knocked out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. And then just being able to, if I want to work anywhere in the rugby community after I'm not playing anymore. Um, I think that's really important. So if any athlete hasn't started their brand yet and that's, and you want to have a legacy, you want to have an impact in the sport or job, whatever that you're doing, who you are as a person is, just as important if not more as more important than what you're doing in your job or on the field on the court anything like that yeah i'm glad you mentioned it even in that and because you know there's always there's always that old motto of of you know you have to you know uh what is it um you 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 can't be kind in in business and you know you to be able to get up you have to kind of like you know step on people and stuff like that and yeah. I, I'm glad because it is becoming more and more true. Like, really, especially whenever it's in an industry that is remarkably small, 
you know, and so the interconnections kind of can spread between people very quickly. Yeah. Um, what, what your character is as a person really is going to stand out, and it's it's going to sit significantly because we no longer live in that. Uh, I can be a quiet diva or mysterious diva or anything like that. Like people are going to expose you, and they're going to put it out nicely. Absolutely. Yep. So do it to yourself before they do it to you. Facts. Facts. Lean in. <laughs> so you Lean have in. control of it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But even whenever you talk about like, yo, you, you you don't see yourself as a LeBron or anything like that. And while maybe at a financial level it might not be there, but you're right at an influential. Like I could make the argument that in the world within sevens, you're talking about. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, no cap or anything like that, but it's like a top five, top ten uh, at your position. You're talking about within the Porsche Woodman. You're talking about with your own teammate, Chris. You know, you're talking mm -hmm. about uh, Emily Scarrett, even though I know she's center. But still, it's like you're, you're talking about these names that, especially in the last three, four years, especially after the Women's Rugby World Cup, which was yeah. dope, by the way. Um, Thank you. Like, that, that... I think set sets a level of like expectation where people are like, oh snap, like yo, they can really play. Like it doesn't have that feel of like, well, it's women's, uh, it's it's no, yeah. like, they really playing out here, yeah. they're really smashing people out here. But and and so it does make your name has that prominence that goes into it. So yeah, that awareness is in it for it. Like you, who would have known? Who would have known? <laughs> Who would have known? <laughs> Who would have known? <laughs> it's crazy. You have a plan for your life, and it goes to a completely different route, which and which is probably better than what you planned for it to be. I think that was something that was important for me to realize because my life was always, you're going to do this, then you're going to do this, then you're going to do this, and then something random came, and I'm like, eh, why not? And then it worked out. Look, I, I do believe, like, one of the, the most dangerous and most beneficial phrases that are ever out there is, like, F it, why not? Yeah. <laughs> because it can go in either direction. <laughs> Life is short. Right. You know, but it, you're right. You never know what it is. I, I'll even take it with me with, with doing this. I knew I always wanted to do business. Like, there was always that idea of, like, oh, I'm going to do business. I get it. This one works for me. What the business is? Eh, who really knows? And, yeah. uh, you know, I didn't know, like, when I first knew about rugby, I, I legitimately thought it was, like, fencing. In the sense of, like, <laughs> oh, it's that archaic sport that people still do. Like, they're just yeah. like, oh, you do rugby? Oh, you do old-time football. I <laughs> or polo or field right. hockey. Everything but rugby. Everything but rugby, you know? Yeah. So it was just like, you, you don't realize it. Then you get into it, and then you start to see – Especially, you start to see where the, the gaps are, and you're like, yo, we could fill in these gaps. Like, why hasn't anybody filled in these gaps? And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you're like, okay, maybe I'll do it, but I'm pretty sure someone else is already doing it. And you don't realize how much it, it really is impacting. So, yeah. you know, it, it's unforeseen, but the ride can be arduous. But when you look back, you're like, yo, this was, this was legit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. So I got one more thing for you. At, one more, one more little bit tidbit for you before. Obviously, I have to let you go take care of these Aaron Legis <laughs> multitask life. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, obviously, we're trying to get you down here for the HBC Rugby Classic. And, 
You know, we're, we're all about representation, and a lot of this has been developed in the sense of being able to create this opportunity for other black and brown women, so they're black and brown people, so that it's not in what many people will context as a white boy sport, quote, quote, yes. and, you know, we, you, you open it up. So for you, obviously, you've dropped a lot of uh, gems across this, uh, this little conversation we've had. Uh, mm -hmm. um, but for you, you know, as as a representative woman within the rugby sport at an elite level, you know, yeah. what is it outside of just like what the gameplay and how to play it? But what is it that you feel that uh, kids, parents, doubters that don't think that they have a place in this sport? What could you what would you say to them that this sport can offer them uh, that would, you know, provide positive value for them yeah um just in general this sport is a very accepting sport um it's consumed of all different types of people different cultures different religions different backgrounds so the sport is for everybody and it it allow you to come into it and be confident with who you are because you know you won't be judged for it that you'll be accepted for it you'll be praised for it um it's also for all different types of body types, and you can't really say that about any other sport. So when I say that rugby is for everybody, it's literally for everybody. Um, Opportunity-wise, it'll allow you to travel the world, um, experience different cultures, go to new places, try a new thing that you never thought you'd try, new foods, listen to new music, do different activities. Um, and you meet so many different people who play rugby who it isn't their main job. So just the networking part of it is amazing. Like you can meet somebody who is an Olympian or you can meet somebody who is the CEO of another business who may be 58 years old and is still playing rugby. The age range is from two to three to 80 if, they, if it allows them. It's just a very loving sport. It gives back to you in such great ways. It gives you confidence in being black. It gives you confidence in being white. It gives you confidence in being Hispanic, heavy set, skinny, muscular, toned. It just is a very accepting sport. So if you want to be around people who will accept you for who you are and you never have to act any other way, this is the sport for you. Yo, I love it. That's pure mic drop right there. Pure mic <laughs> drop. I'm loving it. <laughs> but Naya, man, I, I really do appreciate you just taking the time, getting to allow us to enjoy and hear some of these gems. And, uh, yo, like I keep saying, I can't wait to see you here in two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. I'm just putting it out there. Two weeks. We got you. We got yeah. you. Schedule open. So, no, but that thank will. you so much, for real. Thank you for having me. The questions are great. Great podcast. <laughs> really good. Appreciate it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>